Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, A U-Boat Attack After the War Was Over, and I'm your host, Rick Stone. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. If you're hearing this preview of No Home for Heroes on YouTube or Audio Burst, we invite you to listen to the complete podcast on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you prefer. And now, on with our show. A World War II German submarine either didn't get the message that the war was over or decided to ignore the order and attack an American merchant ship off the coast of Rhode Island in May 1945. In the words of a Japanese admiral at the beginning of the war, I fear we have awakened a sleeping giant and filled him with a terrible resolve. This attack caused an incensed American Navy to pull out all the stops to exact revenge on the German U-boat that caused America to suffer some of its last MIAs of World War II. In December 2016, Miss Marie Osterman contacted the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation with the following information. I am searching for Abel Seaman George Frederick Bowser on behalf of my cousin. Her mother dated George a few times before he joined the Merchant Marine. Before he deployed, he gave my cousin's mother his ID bracelet. My cousin's mother has passed away but she has always wanted to return the bracelet to George or to his family. My cousin would like to honor her mother's wishes to honor George by returning the ID bracelet to his descendants. So the question for our foundation team of investigators became, what happened to George? And that's where our story began. and became another one of history's military mysteries. The Defense POW-MIA Accounting Agency, or DPAW, does not list George Balzer as missing in action, does not list him as unresolved, and there's no known burial location for Abel Seaman George Balzer. But Abel Seaman George Balzer is listed in the official United States Roster of the Dead from World War II. So who was George Balzer? Well, our foundation in research indicated that he was born in 1928 in Queens, New York. His father, Frederick Otto Balzer, was born in Germany on 5 February 1904, and his mother, Anne H. Balzer, was born in New York on 25 September 1905. They were married in Queens, New York on 13 June 1927. At the time of the 1940 census, George was living with his parents and a other younger brother, Frederick O. Balzer, who was born on 26 May 1935 in Queens, New York, and who was known in the family as Freddie. George's father was employed as a salesman in a haberdashery, and today we would call that a menswear shop. On 17 May 1944, the United States Maritime Service issued the following announcement. 
the War Shipping Administration announces that, effective immediately, the United States Maritime Service will enlist young men between the ages of 16 and 17 and a half years of age for training for service in the Merchant Marine of the United States with their parents' consent. Six weeks training is required for service as a messman and utility men in the stewards department and 13 weeks training for service in the deck and engine departments. Upon completion of training, men will be assigned to merchant vessels within a few weeks. A career at sea has always been attractive to young men. The merchant marine is playing a vital part in winning the war. Without it, supplies, equipment, and troops could not be transported to our battlefronts. General Eisenhower, General MacArthur, General Montgomery, Admiral King, and Admiral Nimitz have all recognized the merchant seamen as a part of our fighting team. Here's a young way that young men can volunteer for a part in winning the war before they reach the age of registration under the Selective Service System. Well, after that announcement, George probably joined the United States Maritime Service, known as the Merchant Marine, soon after he turned 16 years of age in 1944. It is likely that he received his initial training at the U.S. Maritime Service Training Station at Sheepshead Bay, New York, which was located on the eastern tip of Brooklyn, New York. After joining the Merchant Marine, George's parents presented him with an engraved silver identification bracelet. The bracelet contained George's service branch, United States Merchant Marine, that is abbreviated as USMM. The bracelet contained his name, and his Merchant Marine Service number, which was 4414-16710. And on the back side of the silver bracelet, it read, From Mother, Dad, and Freddie. Upon completion of his Merchant Marine training, George was assigned to the old World War I merchant ship, the SS Black Point. The SS Black Point was originally laid down in 1918, as the SS Fairmount. It was built by the New York Shipbuilding Corporation in Camden, New Jersey. The ship was designed as a coal carrier for service with the Coastwise Transportation Company of Boston, Massachusetts. Upon completion of her sea trials, the Fairmount was acquired by the United States Navy for transport duty in support of Allied forces fighting in the First World War. The ship was 368 feet in length had a 55-foot beam and a draft of 30 feet. Her original empty gross weight was listed as 5,553 tons. Her designation was changed from a steamship, or SS, to a United States Navy ship, USS, as the USS Fairmont on December 18, 1918. The USS Fairmount made four voyages to France carrying cargo to supply the American Expeditionary Force and for relief of war-caused famine in Europe following the end of the war. The Fairmont was decommissioned as a United States Navy ship and lost its USS designation on February 28, 1919. It was returned to her owners for commercial service. The name of the ship was changed again as she plied her trade under the name SS Nebraskan in 1921 for the American Hawaii Steamship Company in New York, and finally as the SS Black Point in 1927 
for service with the C.H. Sprague and Company Corporation of Boston, Massachusetts. During World War II, the Black Point was recalled to service and operated under the control of the War Shipping Administration. The SS Black Point made several transatlantic crossings to England and Ireland, transporting coal during the first years of the war. She then began operating an intercoastal trade route along the Atlantic seaboard as newer and faster ships replaced her in the convoys transporting supplies to the European war zone. On 2 May 1945, with able seaman George Balzer aboard, the SS Black Point loaded 7,759 tons of soft coal at Newport News, Virginia. The coal was scheduled to be delivered to the Edison Power Plant in South Boston. She then sailed under the command of Charles E. Pryor, a native of South Portland, Maine, for Weymouth, Massachusetts, via the New York Harbor, with a crew of eight officers and 33 merchant marine sailors, including Abel Seaman Balzer. In addition to her crew, the Black Point carried a naval armed guard consisting of five gunners to man the ship's antiquated weaponry. The weaponry consisted of one six-pound cannon from the Spanish-American War, mounted on the stern, and two 30-caliber machine guns. In all, a total of 46 men and the ship's pet chimpanzee were on board the SS Black Point during what proved to be her last voyage. The Black Point sailing plan was to avoid the open ocean sea lanes, which had come under a recent increase in U-boat attacks. As an almost as an almost defeated Nazi Germany attempted to disrupt shipping in hopes of obtaining better surrender terms. On 5 May 1945, three days out of Norfolk, Virginia, the Black Point exited Long Island Sound and contacted the Coast Guard Station at Point Judith, Rhode Island to inform them of her approach and destination. Passing the station at about 17.40 hours or 5.40 p.m., in a moderate fog, the Black Point was spotted by the German submarine U-853. Oberleutnant Helmut Fromsdorp was a young German Navy captain who had accepted command of the 252-foot-long submarine U-853 on 1 September 1944. U-853 was commissioned on June 25, 1943, and fitted with a snorkel underwater breathing apparatus in June, July 1944 so that it could utilize its diesel engines while submerged. Captain Fromsdorf was born on 26 March 1921 in Schibelwitz, Silesia. He had entered the German Navy at age 18 and four years later became a watch officer on board the U-853 under command of Gunter Gunke a winner of the prestigious Knight's Cross, one of the rarest honors in German military. After two months of commander training, Oberleutnant Fromsdorf was assigned as the captain of the U-853 when he was only 23 years of age. By early 1945, the war had turned decidedly against German interest. Despite the fact that the ultimate conclusion of the war was no longer in doubt, Admiral Karl Dönitz decided to send several U-boats to positions along the northeast American coast and dubbed the operation Group Seawolf. 
The departure of Group Seawolf was detected by American intelligence, and several of the Seawolves were hunted down and eliminated by American naval forces. During the evening of 15 April 1945, U-1235 was sunk north of the Azores. A mile and a half away and 40 minutes later, the USS Frost caught the U-880 on the surface, forced her to submerge, and sank her with a hedgehog depth charge attack. On 21 April 1945, a third Seawolf, U-518, was sunk through the efforts of the USS Carter and the USS Neil A. Scott. On 23 and 24 April, the U-546, after sinking an American destroyer escort, was finally sunk herself by gunfire from several other American destroyer escorts. Only two of the original Group Seawolves remained. The U-808, which, was, which had survived two attacks by American escorts and would surrender after the war's end off Cape Race on 9 May 1945, and the U-853. On 23 April 1945, the U-853 approached the main coast on the surface, and her lookout spied a slow-moving target off Portland Harbor. The contact proved to be the PE-56, which was a class of obsolete patrol craft known as Eagle Boats that had been built by the Ford Motor Company at its Rouge River plant outside Detroit soon after the end of World War I. By the opening of World War II, only eight Eagle Boats remained in service. In the new technological era, the 430-ton PE-56 was basically defenseless against the U-853 when the submarine fired its torpedo into the ancient patrol craft. Of a crew of 62 on board the PE-56, only 13 survived. Several of the survivors observed the U-boat partially submerged after the attack and described a red and yellow marking on the conning tower. Later, investigation revealed that the U-853, as with the other members of its flotilla, was painted black and sported an insignia of a red trotting horse on a yellow shield on its conning tower. The destroyer USS Selfridge depth charged a possible submarine contact after PE-56 sank, but no results were observed. Upon sinking the patrol craft and escaping the Selfridge, Captain Fromsdorf ordered U-853 to move further west while submerged. The U-853 was forced to be submerged for great periods of time to elude American searches. This meant that radio messages could neither be sent nor received by the German submarine. On 30 April 1945, German leader Adolf Hitler committed suicide. As part of his final orders, he designated Admiral Dönitz as his successor. On 4 May 1945, Admiral Dönitz issued orders that all German forces would surrender, and as part of the surrender process, U-boat headquarters sent the following radio message that same in- evening. Quote, all U-boats, attention, all U-boats, cease fire at once. Stop all hostile action against Allied shipping. Signed, Dunnitz. The order was to become effective at 0800 the following morning. However, of the 49 U-boats then at sea, several were submerged and perhaps did not receive the message. 
among them was U-853. By 1945, voyages by American transport ships along the Atlantic seaboard were considered to be so safe that the skipper of the SS Black Point hadn't even taken the precaution of posting lookouts. Consequently, no one on board the Black Point sighted U-853's new acoustic torpedo until the Black Point was struck in her stern just after her number 5 cargo hull by the U-853's single shot. The torpedo detonated inside the Black Point steel hull, causing an explosion which severed a 40-foot section of her stern completely off the ship. Four of her crew who were in the stern section of the ship and one U.S. Naval armed guard assigned to the stern gun were killed immediately. Having lost her propeller and her rudder, the Black Point slowed to a halt and quickly began sinking as water rushed into her broken hull. Her crew abandoned ship onto life rafts after sending a brief distress message before fleeing the sinking vessel. Within 25 minutes of the attack, the abandoned Black Point reared nearly vertical in the water before capsizing and sinking stern first at 16, or correction, at 18.05 hours on 5 May 1945, shortly after 6 p.m. Eleven crewmen and one naval armed guard died. Seventeen men on a raft were picked up by the Yugoslavian steam merchant ship, the Carmen, and two men by the Norwegian steam merchant ship, the Scandinavia. All were later transferred to the U.S. Coast Guard patrol boat, which brought them to Point Judith. Crash boats from Quonset Point, Rhode Island, rescued 15 other survivors and landed them at Newport. At 19.20 hours, the Coast Guard frigate Moberly and two Navy destroyers and their escorts, the USS Amick and the USS Atherton, arrived in the area and began a systematic search using their sonar equipment. The hunters guessed that the German submarine would likely hide in a steeply rising shoal known as East Ground, about nine miles from the sinking. The Amick was ordered away to escort another merchant ship, but the destroyer USS Ericsson arrived on the scene along with seven other ships who joined the effort to box in the U-boat. This was an extraordinary response. At 23.43 hours shortly before midnight, the Atherton and Moberly made sonar contact at a depth of 100 feet. Depth charges brought up some air, oil, pieces of wood, and eventually life jackets. In spite of that, sonar operators reported that the submarine was moving at five knots across their path. More depth charges followed and reduced the submarine speed to two knots. Shortly before dawn the next day on 6 May 1945 at 5.40 hours, two Navy blimps, the K-16 and the K-58, operating from the Naval Air Station at Lakehurst, New Jersey, site of the crash of the Hindenburg, spotted an oil slick in the area of the attack. The attacking ships dropped more depth charges, and the blimps used rocket bombs in order to crack the submarine's pressure hull. At 10.45 hours on the morning of 6 May 1945, the commander of the USS Ericsson declared the U-boat sunk. Later, a diver from the submarine rescue vessel, the USS Penguin, was sent to check the wreck and identified her as U-853. 
U-853 had holes in the bow, and the diver noticed that bodies were strewn about inside the hull. There were no survivors from the German submarine. The loss of the SS Black Point and 12 of her crew marked the last American merchant ship and crew loss from German U-boats in the Second World War. Despite Admiral Donitz's orders issued to all U-boats stating that the end of attacks on Allied shipping was effective at 0800 hours on May 5th, U-853 either ignored the order or never received it before she attacked the Black Point. The failure of U-853 to adhere to the surrender order led to her own demise at the hands of avenging U.S. naval warships. The war officially ended for Germany two days after the loss of the Black Point, and one day after the sinking of U-853. Not only had 12 Americans needlessly lost their lives, but 48 German seamen on board the U-853 never made it home. Approximately 9,521 members of the United States Merchant Marine were killed during World War II. One out of every 26 mariners serving aboard merchant ships in World War II died in the line of duty, suffering a greater percentage of war-related deaths than any other United States services. Casualties were kept a secret during the war to keep information about the loss of transport ships from the enemy and to attract and keep merchant mariners at sea. Members of the Merchant Marine were considered volunteers and not official members of the United States military, although they were subject to military law and restrictions. It was not until 1988 that individuals who served in the Merchant Marine during World War II were afforded any benefits provided to other veterans. Even today, members of the Merchant Marine who were killed in action are lost when their ships were sunk and they became MIA or missing in action are generally not considered as military losses. In what is perhaps the height of absurdity, the Defense Department, Defense POW-MIA Accounting Agency, or DPAW, currently lists a ridiculously low total of only 11 members of the Merchant Marine whose bodies were not recovered after World War II. Able Seaman George Frederick Balzer is not one of the 11 members of the Merchant Marine who are officially listed as missing in action or unresolved by DPA. None of the other Merchant Marine crew members of the SS Black Point are listed either. In contrast, the sole member of the Naval Armed Guard who was killed on board the Black Point, Boatswain Mate 2nd Class Lonnie Lloyd, is currently listed by DPA as MIA or unresolved. As we mentioned, there are currently 12 American sailors from the sinking of the SS Black Point, which comprise the total list of U.S. casualties associated with what has been called the Battle of Point Judith. It is not outside the realm of possibility that one or more of the bodies from the SS Black Point could have washed ashore along the Rhode Island coast and been buried as an unknown in a local cemetery although the Foundation's investigation has uncovered no evidence to support that possibility. There is a reference in the research literature pertaining to the battle that a German body from U-853 washed ashore soon after the battle and was buried in a Rhode Island cemetery. Foundation researchers believe this reference was erroneously confused 
with the German body that is known to have been removed from the U-853 in 1960 and buried in the Rhode Island Cemetery Annex. A preponderance of the evidence of our investigation indicated that able seaman George Frederick Balzer was killed during the early evening of May 5, 1945 by a torpedo explosion on board the SS Black Point. The Black Point, as we mentioned, was torpedoed by German submarine U-853 and quickly sank approximately three and a half miles offshore from Point Judith, Rhode Island. While there were multiple survivors, none of the bodies of the 12 crew members from the SS Black Point were known to have been recovered. While it is possible that Abel Seaman Balser's body was obliterated by combat trauma or washed out to sea, it is more likely that the remains of George Frederick Balser are currently entombed inside the wreck of the SS Black Point. The wreck of the Black Point lies inverted in two pieces and only 85 feet of water at known coordinates. Her stern section is designated as a war grave. And although Abel Seaman Balzer is not officially listed as an MIA by the Department of Defense, he and all the other brave missing merchant mariners who went down with their ships in World War II are just as missing as the brave men on board the sunken battleships of Pearl Harbor. Ironically, our No Home for Heroes podcast have now featured the first American MIA casualty in Episode 7, who was Earl Leroy Morrison, of the USS Arizona at Pearl Harbor before the war was actually declared. And now, in this episode, able seaman George Frederick Balzer of the SS Black Point in the shallow waters off Rhode Island the day after German forces were ordered to stop fighting. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Hero. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes. You can now subscribe to listen free on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. Don't forget to tune in every Saturday when we will post a new episode of History's Military Mysteries Missing in Action. Episodes of No Home for Heroes are produced from the actual investigative case files of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation, dedicated to providing information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American service women. As always, we greatly appreciate your comment, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. Our next episode is titled, Finding Private Fox, Where Have You Been? Learn how the details of the first MIA to be identified from the Battle of Tarawa as an unknown buried in an American cemetery are still shrouded in mystery over 75 years after he went missing. You sure don't want to miss this one. Private First Class Jack Jr. Fox continues to await return home for burial to his family over two years after he was officially declared as identified. While his remains sit in a cardboard box in Honolulu, the government agency that found him has refuses to say where he was found. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas. I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no hero, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them. <laughs>